Good morning. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us on this Wednesday. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans to fit your lifestyle, and uh, you can check them out at Delta Dental Covers Me. Com. And what a great show we have lined up for today. We have uh, Michelin Dufort with us. She is the executive director and the uh, CEO of, uh, of uh, CEO and Family Enterprise Center uh, through the uh, Paul College of Business and Economics at UNH. Michelin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Great to have you with us. And uh, Chris Brown is here. Chris is the uh, president of uh, New Hampshire Distributors a New Hampshire legend of hockey as well. So I'm, I'm sure we'll have a little hockey talk as we uh, go along this morning and find out uh, all about the CEO and Family Enterprise Center uh, at uh, UNH. And uh, Michelin, you're the executive director. How long have you been uh, with the program? I have been with the program about five years now, and it's gone by in a flash. And, and how long has the program itself been around? Well, the program itself has been around, I think it's coming on 30 years. Wow. And wow. it was a number of businesses, like Chris's family business, came together and said, we want a place to go. We want a place to go. We want a place to talk to other family businesses and create resources. And that's how we got started way back when. I can't take credit for that, right. <laughs> but I can tell you what we're doing today. We're carrying on the, the uh, tradition. Well, that is that is terrific. And uh, uh, Chris, New Hampshire Distributors, is, is certainly a family business. How long has it been in the Brown family? Well, 1946. <clears throat> wow. Excuse me. Uh, my uh, grandfather, Jim Hayes, uh, started New Hampshire Distributors. Uh, he uh, he wanted to be a, uh, a soda uh, bottler, I guess, back then, and uh, bought a nice bottling line. And uh, um, uh, because of World War II and the sugar ration, unfortunately, could not get the ingredients to produce the soda that he wanted to. So we uh, uh, quickly pivoted to get into the beer business. <laughs> so I guess it's an alternative. But uh, nineteen forty six, pretty good one too. I'd have yeah, to say, yeah, exactly. We've uh, celebrated seventy seven years of being uh, being family run, and uh, now transferred ownership to the third generation. So wow, that 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 is terrific. And uh, how did you get involved with the? Uh, the CEO and Family Enterprise Center. Well, as Michelin said, it it, it was a, um, a resource missing out there for uh, family businesses that were looking for some guidance. You know, how do you, one, get some feedback on how to run your family business with family members in it? And, uh, yeah. and then how do you uh, potentially transition the ownership uh, from uh, the uh, the founding members to the next generation and 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 now to a third generation in our case so yeah, it's just a lot of dynamics that it, come it's, with that it's not always easy is it i mean you would think the progression might be an easy one but it probably very rarely is i would agree <laughs> i mean we have families who've done it incredibly well and we like to think that we've helped shepherd mm-hmm. them through that process but you know, it is a tap dance. I mean, it is certainly um, making that you've got to think. I mean, family and business, neither thing is easy. Right. But putting those together into one place and absolutely it's uh, it's a process. Yeah. So so that is that is one of the things uh, that certainly you come to the aid of, of, uh, of families in, in that scenario. But uh, uh, what other ways uh, do you help the family owned businesses uh, here in New Hampshire? 
Yeah, sure. So we, the way we do this is we hold monthly programs, and we are membership-run, meaning folks, families join. We say if you join, bring as many family members as you want, the more the merrier. Or if there's a topic we're discussing that's in a certain area of finance or HR, then bring that person who's overseeing that. So in these monthly programs that we truly listen to the members what they want to see, and that's what we roll out every year, we bring in experts in the field, you know, whether it's attorneys, CPAs, valuation experts. Um, we have programs on uh, couples that work to, together, copenarial couples, a phrase I never knew until I started this job. Um, First time I heard of it. There you go. You heard it right here today. Right here. Right here It's today. the word of the day. And in these programs, we have the special sauce, if you will, is hearing from the speakers, but then the families getting to know each other and asking each other, well, how did you handle this? Or what did you do when you went through this? Everything we do seems to be around that whole succession planning and doing it. But that's really the, the cadence is, is finding the topics that matter in all corners of the business for business growth and business, business profitability and for the family relationships within. And, and, and it's good to know that you're, you're not alone in, well, in this world. I mean, that the other businesses, the large and small, are facing some of the same issues, Chris. Right. No, there's no question. Um, <clears throat> you just see that each each generation that passed down their business, uh, that percentage of success is smaller and smaller. So it, it is not easy. Um, I'm one of 17 grandchildren <laughs> in the third generation, and uh, you cannot run a business in a, in, in a probably uh, a successful way and think you're going to have 17 people sitting around there being sitting in the same seat. Uh, so you have to, you know, obviously uh, a lot of the topics that were got, brought on were uh, how to pass on the value of the business, mm -hmm. but also understanding that, um, you know, Johnny is the oldest son and he may not be the one that takes over the business. And there may be someone else in your company that uh, or in your family that is uh, fit uh, that that profile of being the, the manager versus the the uh, um, someone else that is is more of the uh, uh, worker bee in your in your family and trying to find a place for for all. And in some cases, Maybe it's better off that you bring someone from outside mm -hmm. to run your company and allow the family to reap the benefit of this, but you're going to obviously pay somebody significantly to run your, run your company. So there's all kinds of discussions that come up that I have been a part of in my 30 years of working at New Hampshire Distributors. Mm -hmm. I've gone to a, a lot of these uh, talks, and I've heard similar you know, over the years, and, but it's just given you that opportunity to sit there and brainstorm uh, about where you see your path of your of your company, but also the most valuable part is talking to other family businesses mm. that have gone through this situation or are in the process of going through it the same as you are. Yeah, and I'm sure in in many instances, I'm I'm not saying yours, Chris, <laughs> specifically, it, it's more difficult to deal with uh, family members than it is uh, with with people that you you really don't know and and hire. No question. Yeah. You're, you're, you're yeah. sitting here having um, very critical conversations with family members and uh, could be spending, uh, you know, Saturday night dinner with them or Christmas morning or right. Thanksgiving morning and just, you know, uh, Thanksgiving dinner and just saying, you know, these dynamics, you know, you don't turn it off and turn it on. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's situations that you're going to have to deal with with your family uh, all the time. Yeah.
Yeah, absolutely. So they'll be always there and, uh, yeah, ever-present. Uh, Michelin, uh, what, what are some of the, the major challenges facing uh, family-owned businesses uh, here uh, in New Hampshire these days? Well, you know, I think what Chris just said was a perfect, perfect setup, you know, for that. And I think it has changed. So I think from from what I can tell, years and years and years ago, it was a little easier. There was an assumption that the next gen, of course, they're going to want to do this. Absolutely. I think what I see right now is just as Chris just said, it's never just a given. And so we actually talk about that a lot. We talk about the pressures about the next gen coming in. We talk about best practices. If someone is coming in, we recommend with a family go work elsewhere for a while, try out what else you want to do. Number one, to take care of that and that gen- that generation, um, that person's mine, but also to come in, you know, as someone has said in our group, let them make the mistakes elsewhere and then come into the family business. Right. Yeah. There yeah. certainly is a lot of pressure right now from what I see um, for businesses to sell. Now, we were founded upon the premise and the mission to keep these businesses in the family. And so that's where we stay. That's where we – so that's a lot what I see right now. Um, and, you know, having that next generation fully understand and be prepared for taking that on is key. And Chris also brought up, and it's true, the professional management option. I a lot, Not a lot of our members, but members do have that. And I'll never forget a conversation I had with one CEO of a very prominent company. And he was talking about running that company. He had worked with them before on a consulting basis and then was charged, asked to bring in, come in and run the company. And he said to me one day, he said, I never, ever forget. Every day, it's their name on the trucks. And so you have to find that very important, mm. I mean, that very yeah. special person who can play that balance of, yes, I'm here to run this as a CEO, but it's their company. So there's yeah. all kinds of options. Yeah, there you go. And uh, we're talking this morning with uh, Michelin Dufort, the executive director of uh, the CEO and Family Enterprise Center through the uh, Paul College of Business and Economics at UNH, and uh, Chris Brown, uh, president of uh, New Hampshire Distributors, and uh, president for how many years now, Chris? Uh, it's probably going on about a dozen years since my father had retired, and uh, um, uh, so it's uh, a progression in the in the company that I never thought um, that I would go through. You know, yeah. But uh, you know, it's 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 been enjoyable. So you're a seasoned veteran <laughs> now, you, yes. and a, a newly minted New Hampshire <laughs> legend of hockey. Thank you. There, there, there you go. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll actually talk a little bit about hockey because I want to find out about the uh, Black Ice Tournament that's uh, yep. coming up uh, in March at uh, the Everett Arena. So we will take a break uh, right here. It's Kale & Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, you can find out more at deltadentalcoversme.com. We'll be back right after these words on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We're chatting today with Michelin Ford Executive Director and uh, CEO of the uh, CEO and Family Enterprise Center through the Paul College of Business and Economics at uh, UNH. And Chris Brown, who is the uh, president of New Hampshire Distributors. And, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, passing a business down through generations and uh, from you know an outsider's point of view, it, it seems rather seamless, or would, you know, you'd think it would be rather seamless. But uh, but Chris, it's not not always the case. It isn't. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, there's there's dynamics of the financial aspect of passing yeah. it on, but. 
there has to be a, an appetite for the the generation in charge to um, want to pass it to the the next generation. In my case, my parents were engaged in it, and I was the only child, and. I was engaged from a very early age and wanting to be part of the business, and that's great. And they had the desire to want to pass it on to to uh, uh, my generation, and so uh, you know, we're part of uh, a, a, a peer group that uh, comes from all different angles of that generation that's in charge and, and their willingness to pass it on. But there has to be one the willingness of that generation to pass it and the patience from the next generation to kind of anticipate and wait and, and, and deal with a lot of the hurdles that are, are there as you pass a business along. And, and these are some of the, the things that uh, you, you're able to absorb uh, when you're you know a member of the uh, CEO and uh, Family Enterprise Center uh, through UNH. And, and talk about, uh, Michelin, your, your association with the University of New Hampshire. Absolutely, absolutely. So we are associated with the business school. There are other entities like ourselves in other states, and they usually, in most cases, are attached to a university, a higher educational institute. And it gives that... Um, it gives that sense of resource. You know, certainly we have some professors, many of our professors come from um, business and come in and they have a lot that they can contribute to the conversation. And also it allows us to be in the right place um, with those resources and give us a little street cred, if you will, for the businesses. And I often just offer myself up to go to lecture at a class just because I think it is a blast anytime a professor asks me. And I always start with, of you came from a family business and of course the hands go flying up right so this is we're in the right place at the right time and we um, through the school have opportunity to work with the students um, you know Chris just said that about patients and I'm thinking to myself I should have changed the name of the organization to the patient center because this is <laughs> this is without doubt yeah. this is delicate stuff and there is patience that is absolutely necessary to make these transitions there's also the other key ingredient is communications and that's one of the things that we preach, if you will, when we have family businesses in the room. And I always find, you know, I get a lot of calls from people because they are in the thick of crisis. They're, you know, haven't really taken the time to figure out some of these things. And then they come to us and we're able to be there for them. But I really enjoy when the families come before they get into that position where there's a crisis in the business or the family and all these elements. So I wanted to make that comment on Chris's uh, input there. Communication is, is usually the key to success in any kind of business that you're talking about. Right. I mean, you think about this. There's communication within the members working within the business, how they know what's going on and where things are going. You have communication from the outside, family members who don't work in the business. Mm -hmm. You throw in in-laws, you throw in step, you got all kinds of lines of communications that need to be open. And there's a lot of great literature out there. And there's one book called Crucial Conversations, which is what we recommend to our members. And it's how to have those crucial conversations in all directions. Because the, the best way to success is for everybody to, maybe not everybody agrees, but everybody understands what's going on. You know, and many times there aren't even good communications in the communications field. So, you know, <laughs> there you go. Believe it or not, there it's you true. go. <laughs> so, uh, you've been there five years. You've yes. been the uh, the executive director five years. 
Uh, what was your, your background be- before you uh, took over this responsibility? Oh, sure, sure. So I came from Boston where I ran an organization called the Spinozola Foundation Food and Wine, and we did a lot of it. It's almost like a mini United Way for the culinary industry. We gave the money away in hunger and homelessness grants. Came here to run the Lodging and Restaurant Association. That's the first time I heard about or did lobbying, but that trade association model really appealed to me. And so working with businesses in that model became what I wanted to do for the rest of my career. I worked with the tech businesses through the New Hampshire Tech Council and uh, eventually found myself here. And, you know, I've loved everything I've done in my career, but there's been nothing in my career that I've done that you have gotten that I've been able to get this deep and know businesses this intimately. It's incredibly rewarding. And of course, there's a in this state or in any state really a, a large range of family businesses in terms of employees, from very few to uh, to quite a few as you have at, at New Hampshire Distributors. So, uh, but they all have the same basic issues and uh, scenarios, correct? Oh, no question. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, we're talking about distributing uh, beverages in a very small area, c- considering uh, about 250 employees creates a, a dynamic. Uh, there are uh, other companies in our CEO group that were, um, you know, a, a law firm that had five employees, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. his dad and, and, and son, and how do you pass it on, you know, in a small group like that, you know? And then you get, you know, Pleasant View Gardens that's got you know mm. hundreds of employees mm-hmm. and and uh, in a product line that they're distributing throughout the country. So uh, uh, a lot of different dynamics, but it all kind of gets down to the nuts and bolts of how you you communicate and function with with your your uh, your your family group. Right. So no matter how big or how small, uh, the issues are, are pretty much the same. Exactly. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. I mean, obviously why I love my job, but that's the beauty of it is that the issues are the same. They're just different packaging. And we do have businesses that are small. I I, I wouldn't say startup because they're family business. So they're, they're in the mix, but to very, very large, some of the state's biggest employers. And, you know, and I've had members say to me, some of the big members say, I like having the other small businesses in the room because it reminds me what it is to be nimble. And mm-hmm. so it's a great give and take all across the board. Yeah, no question. Now, how often uh, do these uh, family businesses, uh, the biz- business owners, uh, get together or presidents, as, as is the case with Chris? Yeah, 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 yeah. So through the family business program, we have just about monthly meetings. Um, we take the summer off. I guess that's one of the things about being part of a university with the monthly programming for that. Some of our other programs, we don't take that off, but we start in September with our, our um our calendar year of topics and speakers, and we go right through to May. Mm, very good. Yeah. Very good. And so how, how beneficial have you found these uh, get-togethers, Chris, over the years? Uh, good. I'm, I'm in a uh, peer group right now, and I think that it um, you know allows you to dig down a little deeper into just the day-to-day uh, processes that you have in your, in your, in your work. Uh, some of the uh, speakers and forums are great, but they're, a, you know, a little bit more of an umbrella of here's an issue, mm-hmm. and and you might have the chance to talk to some other businesses at lunch, uh, but you really don't get down to the nitty gritty of like maybe finding some solutions, and and so that CEO group, uh, peer group that I'm in now, 
allows you to kind of, you know, throw out different ideas. Hey, here's what I'm thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. or we tried this and it's not working. Has anyone else gone through this? And so it really gives you a, um, you know, three, three and a half hour uh, brainstorm with other uh, folks that might have gone through certain things that allow you to come out of there and say, okay, well, maybe my idea just changed a little bit. Maybe I'm going to go down this road versus that. Uh, but I think I'm on the right on the right path, or I'm completely off base, and maybe I shouldn't be doing this. So, and I guess no matter how long you, you've been associated with a, a business, you can you know alter, change your ways a little bit by something you've picked up in in one of these peer groups. No question, but I, I you know ultimately I feel as though the status quo kind of warrants you know your your company being status quo. Yeah. So. Uh, um, I think uh, outside thinking and kind of looking at that visionary path of like, here's where we need to go in order to keep growing, in order to keep doing w- what our business was uh, created on. Um, you have to do that. And you know, if you just sit by the way and go, well, I think everything's fine and just <laughs> yeah. leave it there, I think you're, you know, eventually going to fail. You know, so you need to think out the bo- outside the box and. And, and and allow people to kind of critique some of the things you're doing. And I think that that's been a big success in the 30 years that I've been involved in NHD and, and uh, in, you know, tw- the 12 years of being the, you know, the president. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely helped as far as that guidance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I can imagine how many changes there have been in the, in the beer business over the last 30. I mean, it's changing every week, right? Oh gosh, pretty pretty yeah. much. So, yeah, we can talk about that uh, a little bit when we come back, but sure. uh, that music means we have to uh, mosey on out of here for a couple of minutes and take a break. But a uh, very interesting program today with uh, Michelin Dufort, Executive Director of the uh, CEO and Family Enterprise Center through the Paul College of Business and Economics at UNH, and Chris Brown, President of New Hampshire Distributors. We'll be right back. We are presented by... Northeast Delta Dental, right here on WKXL and htalkradio.com. Kale and Company live here on WKXL and htalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, by the way, just heard from head coach Dunk Walsh of the Concord Eye Crimson Tide hockey team. And uh, tonight's game against Keene has been moved up to uh, 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock faceoff tonight at the Everett Arena instead of the scheduled 5.30 because of the uh, snow that is uh, coming our way. And Keene has a long way to go home. So uh, 5 o'clock for the face-off time tonight at the Everett Arena in Concord. And uh, speaking of the Everett Arena, that's where the Black Ice Tournament is uh, going to be held uh, this year because of the fact that we just didn't have any ice at, uh, at, at White Park. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, or virtually anywhere else, for that matter. So, uh, Chris, what are, what are the, some of the changes that have uh, had to been made uh, to to accommodate the the event at the Everett Arena? Well, you know, I think overall this is the twelfth year of Black Ice. We were going to start making T-shirts up that said uh, "Mother Nature Eight uh, Black Ice Four. <laughs> um, it has not been an easy uh, scheduling experience uh, with Black Ice all along. And, you know, I think we understand the dynamics of White Park as it's a drainage pond in the middle of the city and there's going to be, uh, it's not the vast uh, 
uh, Lake of Winnipesaukee or, or others, and so it, it gets affected a little bit differently from uh, rainstorms and, and, and weather. So, um, you know, this year, with there really only being a handful of winter days, uh, the ice really didn't form, and uh, it was only open uh, for probably two, three days for mm. the entire winter. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's always been a backup plan to use Everett Arena, and we have uh, used it uh, uh, for days here and there for, to finish uh, Black Ice, but never to run the whole tournament. And uh, so that created some dynamic uh, things. So um, we have 55 of the 90 teams that were uh, scheduled uh, to play. They're going to come and participate on St. Patrick's Day weekend. March seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth at Everett Arena. Um, the you know city and the arena have uh, uh, allowed us to take over the, the the grounds for for the weekend. We're going to uh, add a uh, you know our normal white park uh, uh, events going on. Have youth games and you know fireworks and uh, big bonfires, and bonfires, yeah, 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 and a big yeah. event tent uh, that we have. Uh, for concessions and, and, and merchandise. So we're switching that up a little bit. Um, the youth games were played um, the actual scheduled weekend of Black Ice back in January at St. Paul's School. They uh-huh. were very generous yeah. to uh, provide uh, the the uh, rinks at St. Paul's School, and we were able to run 12 uh, youth hockey teams through a, a series of uh, pond hockey games down there, uh, which is was tremendous, and we really appreciate that uh, the association with St. Paul School. Um, this week, uh, or the, in March, we're going to be at Everett Arena for 55 teams. That uh, creates some dynamics. We're going to add um, a concession tent outside, um, Beer Garden, um, etc., with St. Patrick's Day music, mm-hmm. live bands. Uh, we'll be selling our Black Ice merchandise uh, out, out there, as well as the hockey inside. We'll uh, play cross ice, uh, pond hockey. Uh, we'll break the, uh, the, the rink into three even uh, rinks going uh, side to side, uh, and we'll have three games going on at, at one time. So in order to pull this off, um, the schedule, and we make ice in between every two games, mm-hmm. uh, the schedule on uh, Friday goes from 9 a.m. till 9 p.m., mm-hmm. and on Saturday it goes from 7 a.m. till 10 p.m., wow. and uh, Sunday it goes from 8 a.m. till about 2.30. So <laughs> that's just with 50 teams. You know, when we were talking about maybe having all the teams come play, I'm like, oh, God, I hope a few teams defer because I just don't think that logistically we all really? want to sit yeah. there from the, the crack of dawn. You'd be going 24 uh, hours a day. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, But uh, as it is, it's it's a lot of hockey. So if you like hockey, just uh, camp out at the Everett Arena, uh, you know, for that weekend, St. Patty's Day weekend. Good excuse. It comes on a good weekend. It anyway. does. Right, it does. yeah. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, I know uh, it, it'll still be great with the tent outside and the beer garden and, and what have you and all the great hockey action uh, indoors. So uh, St. Patty's Day weekend at the Everett Arena, fun the uh, Black yeah. Ice uh, <laughs> Hockey Tournament. We're talking with uh, Chris Brown of New Hampshire Distributors. Uh, Michelin uh, Dufort is uh, 
with us, the executive director of the CEO and Family Enterprise Center. We talked about the peer program a little bit uh, with Chris. What about the uh, the speaker series? I know you have a, a great speaker series. I was looking at some of the past and future speakers that uh, you have had and are going to have. So uh, tell us about that series. So absolutely. And I love that Chris shared about our peer groups because that is a very big piece of what we do now. We have a number of them. And, and just as Chris is talking about a black ice, so these peer group models, not only do you learn about each other's businesses, but you also learn about what's going on in lives just outside the business. And so the, the people in Chris's group certainly know he's gearing up for this, uh, this big gig, uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. So the other thing we diversified in is, is, is CEO speaker series. And as you said, it's incredible to me that we've had the people we've had come and speak. And the whole premise of this, and it's a separate membership, and some people belong to both, some people do one, is it's once a month. And it is a quick um, one hour. Well, we have breakfast. People come, network, talk, chat. Mm-hmm. And then one hour presentation with a Q&A from someone running something. And so basically we find speakers. There's no lack of interesting people running businesses here in New Hampshire and outside. I mean, we've had people from, for instance, during COVID when it went remote or hybrid or whatever we want to call that, um, we had the guy running Sierra Nevada, Ken Grossman, come in and talk. Uh-huh. And that was super fun. Um, but it really is finding basically New Hampshire, sometimes Mass, sometimes Maine, owners who come in and tell them how they got where they are, what it's like, what's their industry like, you know, was there a transition, how did the, um, what keeps them up at night, what are the opportunities, and they really get really comfortable in these conversations. Again, you know, during COVID, we had Governor Sununu come in, not to talk about politics, but to talk about the massive responsibility of running a state during COVID. And he really talked about, well, how did he um, deploy the forces? How did he pivot in the areas that people need to support? And it was fascinating. But, you know, Amanda Grapponi is coming in next mm-hmm. week, I think. Yeah. She's going to talk about her family business. And uh, people love belonging to this because it becomes a real fraternal feel to the to the room. And it's very informal. And it's a great place for a CEO to meet other CEOs. That That is terrific. So I guess the next question is, how do people get involved? How can people uh, join this uh, great organization. Sure, absolutely. We would love to hear from people who have interest in any one of those three. The family business, where you must be a family business to join. Being a member of the CEO Speaker Series, which is, yes, I want to come and hear other stories from other industry leaders. Or the peer groups, as Chris said, where we carefully place people into existing groups or when we get to a critical mass, we start a new one. Um, with a lightly facilitated um, person to oversee the, the meeting and the agenda, but really to let the members own it. So, you know, I always say I can give you the longest URL ever, or I can just say, <laughs> I can just say Google Family Business um, New Hampshire Center or Family Business Center in New Hampshire. It'll bring you to our webpage. You'll find out there um, how to get in touch with us. You can also just email. Again, I have a very long name, so I'm not going to give that yeah. out. But <laughs> if you if you email cfb.ceo at unh. Edu, it will come to my inbox, and I will absolutely get back to you. How about you mentioned uh, COVID, and uh, I guess all family-owned and uh, businesses in general uh, are still in various stages of bouncing back from COVID. Uh, some more successfully than others, I guess, but there is still, you know, that uh, that that COVID cloud out there, if you will, and and I know. It's, it's, it's changed a, a lot of the, the way businesses are run uh, here in the state of New Hampshire. How has it impacted you, Chris? 
Well, um, you know, our account base that we deal with on a daily basis has still uh, not opened back up to where it was in 2019. Um, You know, bars and restaurants, obviously, I don't know where these employees went, but they can't be fully staffed. So, therefore, that affects the days of operation and hours of operation for a lot of these that affect uh, our our business. Um, During COVID, our our entire volume shifted to from bars and restaurants being maybe 20% of our mix to uh, the stores being 100% of our mix mm-hmm. and because everything shut down. So it changed the dynamic there uh, you know, quite a bit. I look at it as uh, the running of the business. Um, there are some things that came out of COVID that I think are really good as far mm-hmm. as being able to communicate with people. Um, we would have numerous supplier meetings, whether it was just following up on your business plan and how it's going throughout the year, that uh, a online meeting with a supplier uh, personnel, um, you know, in person, maybe once a year, online meetings three or four times a year to update things. It's so much more efficient as far as a business goes to get things done yeah. and not feels like you're wasting time versus you have an in-person meeting. It is, you know, 20 minutes of introductions, two hours of something, and 20 minutes of goodbyes. And, you know, now it's 20 minutes of a meeting. So So there was a a little benefit that came out of of COVID (laughs) uh, anyway in in, in the sense of uh, communications and and making those more expedient through Zoom calls and and what have you. So uh, there is a little positive that that came out of COVID, (laughs) but uh, we, we may get to some of the negative. Uh, when we uh, return from uh, this break on WKXL and HTalkRadio.com, Michelin Duford is with us, Executive Director of the CEO and Family Enterprise Center through the Paul College of Business and Economics at UNH, and Chris Brown, President of New Hampshire Distributors. Kale and Company live here on WKXL and HTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and we will be right back. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Michelin Dufort is here. She is the executive director of the CEO and Family Enterprise Center through the Paul College of Business and Economics at UNH. Chris Brown is here, president of New Hampshire Distributors. And we were talking a little bit off the air about the impact of COVID. And uh, uh, Chris, I guess as an employer, we can... Uh, uh, check in with you. Uh, how how is your company doing in terms of uh, the the roster of employees that you have now compared to the uh, start of COVID? Uh, it's been a challenge. That's that's for sure. Um, uh, you know, uh, for us, a, a successful uh, family business. A lot of our employees that once you have. Uh, a lot of long-term employees that once they've been at NHD for a while, they kind of become, it comes a career for them. So uh, to get that entry-level person in uh, during COVID was definitely uh, a challenge. Uh, the, the financial uh, the government money that was out there uh, definitely caused uh, folks to weigh, you know, the should I go to work or should I just stay home? And I can, I can, I can financially stay home with this with this check from from the government. And uh, in a lot of cases, these folks have not gotten back out into the uh, workforce True. right now. And uh, yeah. uh, so I'd say our biggest struggle is that entry level 
uh, employee, that, that service person that's uh, working for us out there. Um, you know, we're, we're uh, struggling and, and uh, um, you know, in direct competition with a lot of people to get that person. So you are looking for people, yes, in other words. Are. So yes. All right. So there you go. If you want to get into the, uh, the uh, beer business at, uh, at uh, New Hampshire Distributors, uh, you, you hear that there there are some openings. There so, are. That, so, yep. so there you go. And what are you hearing from uh, other family-owned business uh, em- employers? Is it pretty much the same, that it's uh, a challenge these days to get uh, people who aren't in the workforce uh, to uh, to apply for jobs? Yeah, nothing's the same. You yeah. know, you know, I, th- I find that we were so fortunate to be in existence when this came along because our whole premise is for any business owner or leader, you're, you're, it can be a lonely place. Yeah. You don't know who to turn to that you can trust and ask questions of how are you doing this, how are you doing that. You have family, um, you have investors perhaps, you have um, certainly your employees, but you know you really need that space to have that peer-to-peer. So we're really f- founded on that peer-to-peer connection. So COVID came along, this thing called COVID. And you know, immediately our conversations within our family business group, but also within our peer groups turned to, what is this PPP money? How are you deploying this? How are you getting there? How's your bank doing with it? Are you getting forgiven? You know, all of this, are you going after the idle money? It it became a wonderful place for all of our members to, they came together so much to have these conversations, try to figure out this thing. And then of course, COVID came along. We figured out that part. And then the workforce changed. Mm. Supply, um, the supply chain completely changed. Yeah. And so a lot of the conversations within our walls of these meetings became about that. You know, we really do want to be seen. Yes, we are absolutely about family businesses, but don't forget it's about finding those things to help the business profitable. Because before you can even have the conversation about passing something on, you want to make sure that the company is doing well. You know, so what we hear is um, there is a little bit of a change in um, workforce. Some things are coming back. I don't think it'll ever be the same. Um, a lot of the challenge for an owner is the remote versus in person, and how do you handle that? You know, I read this morning Wall Street Journal that um, the four-day work weeks may, I mean, four-day work day weeks may become the new thing and so we're here to be the place where people can have those conversations and how to figure it out i just think that someday there's going to be at a million base business case studies about COVID and how businesses got through and the one thing i do want to say and there was a study done family businesses actually wrote out COVID better than most businesses because they're used to dealing with challenges and adversity and they're used to having those tough conversations and they're used to pivoting and used to picking themselves back up and keep going so i'm proud of that about family businesses i agree i mean it it ended up being we're we're not talking about our succession Mm -hmm. of our business we're worried about survival and because we have critical conversations with your inner sanctum of people that you're able to pivot and 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 change your mode of operation to survive in that po- that case. Yeah, no question about it. Absolutely. We were talking off the air about some companies that uh, normally uh, have uh, 2,000 people on site, whatever, and now just have maybe uh, three or 400 uh, actually at the facility. So, and, and that's, uh, I guess, the norm these days. Yeah, in our case, you know, our office folks have to be in our office due to, you know, whether they're building, you know, pallets to of product to send out so you, you can't do a lot of these things remote in some cases uh, you know close friends manage you know specific businesses and they just uh, um, the company made a, a judgment that allowed all these employees to work from home and 
now they're just, you know, af- post-COVID are having a real struggle of like, okay, come back to the office now. You know, that, that yeah. freedom was great, but um, we do uh, to meet in person. As I said earlier, those Zoom calls were great for productivity, but still that face-to-face meeting and that contact with somebody um, is a necessity, I think, as, as you move forward. And uh, if you don't uh, cause that to happen, I think you're just going to lose touch with your, with your employees. Yeah, and you wonder sometime, uh, sometimes if it will ever be the same, yeah. and it, it probably won't be. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, At least I, in our lifetimes, anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know a lot of businesses talk about, um, I don't want to, I guess, employee loyalty. You yep. know, and you can call it that, but really, people are moving much easier, and people are jumping, and so a lot of that we talk about are strategies around how do you get that culture where you need it to be in this new normal, so you can hold on to your employees, and it comes down to again that communication word, but mm-hmm. how do you make them feel part of? We've had a lot of presenters come in and talk about how do you make them feel part of something bigger, that they matter, because it's changed what drives them. What used to drive people is different now. Now they want to be part of something and they want to be able to build up themselves within. So professional development strategies, and we talk a lot about that, helping our businesses hold on to their workforce. Yeah, exactly. You have a leaders program as well, correct? We do. We have an emerging leaders program. And the whole premise on that, you know, as Chris said early on, is you know, family business or not, you recognize someone within your organization that has that potential to rise. And so we find, especially in the family business space, you don't have to be dad, but you have to find your own voice, your own confidence, your own style, and your own um, way of leadership. And so through an emerging leaders program, companies bring someone in in that area to come in and and help them find that for the better of the company. Yeah, that was something that I participated in probably about 20 years ago and looked at it as that there was not a path that I saw to me become the CEO and president of New Hampshire Mm. Distributors. But I was taking over for a long-term employee that ran the sales department. How do I do this? This guy's (laughs) worked here for 35 years. I don't have the knowledge and expertise that he has, but it, it provided the opportunity to talk to other people about what are the things, how do you come in and take somebody's place? You know, yeah. I'm not filling his shoes, but how do I at least make sure that I don't steer this thing off the rails? <laughs> uh, and, uh, um, but that, that, that group was again, very important, just like the peer group now of just, you know, trying to throw different ideas against the wall. And at that point you're probably talking more to, the professors as far as like, mm. here's the guidance that I would have, because we were all kind of emerging leaders and necessarily didn't have our, our, our confidence in wh- where we were going with it. So, Well, th- yeah. this is uh, just a great uh, organization uh, that you head up, uh, Michelin, and uh, uh, getting better all the time, right? <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so many different aspects to it. And uh, just uh, just amazing. And I'm sure until today, many people listening to us uh, never knew it existed. Well, uh, and that's why I really thank you for this opportunity, because I said a lot of times people find me and they're already in crisis. And when I tell them what they do, they'll say, I did not know you were out there. And yeah. so we just want folks to know if one of these things may help you, we'd love to have you come and learn and possibly join in. That's that's what it's all about. Well, uh, that would be terrific. And again, the uh, contact information, the best uh, way to find out and get more information is what? So certainly you can just look for the Family Business Center out of UNH. It'll bring you right to our page. Or you can send an email to cfb.ceo at unh.edu. 
Simple as that, huh? <laughs> and I uh, want to thank both of you for, for being here today. It's really been enlightening. I, I, what what uh, Do we have more family-run businesses in New Hampshire than we do corporate-run businesses? Uh, how, how, what is the breakdown on that? I have heard now. You know, some of this is anecdotal because yeah, you don't uh, you don't yeah. register as Secretary of State with a failing business. But right. we are far north of eighty five percent. Look at our state, right? Well, as Chris yeah. said, small, big, medium, everything in between. And the family business can be siblings, mom, dad, sure. You know, cousins, whatever it might be. Yeah. couples. They eighty five percent. Yeah, of yeah. the the businesses here in the state are family family owned and operated. That's what we love about New Hampshire. Wow, that is terrific. <laughs> Well, thank you both. Chris Brown, President, CEO of New Hampshire Distributors. And someday, Chris, we'll get you in here and talk about how the uh, beverage business uh, has changed over the last... Full uh, hour uh, At least, yeah. at least, and, and bring samples, too. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I know, it's early in the morning. Uh, Michelin uh, Dufort, thank you so much as well. We uh, really appreciate you being here, Executive Director of the CEO and Family Enterprise Center through the Paul College of Business and Economics at UNH. It's been a great hour. Thanks to both of you. Thank you. And thank you, folks, for listening to Kale and Company right here on WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And if you missed any part of the last hour, uh, you can hear it again tonight uh, right after uh, 7 o'clock right here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com. Have a great day, everybody.